Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5 Minute Major Radio. Dave here, along with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Messer Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? Welcome back. Uh, it's going well. Uh, it's good to be back. I'm excited to talk some hockey. Uh, I was away on my travels for a few weeks in not necessarily the uh, the most prominent hockey location in New Orleans, but uh, I did get to Nashville and saw a Predators game there, which was cool. So I got my fix as the, uh, the hockey addict I am. But uh, it's good to be back home uh, in my own bed, back in some uh, Philadelphia weather, and um, just living life again. So we're good. It's good to be back. Let's get things rolling. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have a, a jam-packed episode. Uh, we already had a pretty good episode planned until some current events happened <laughs> this afternoon. And <laughs> so it seems like something's always happening with this team. But what we will... Um, do we want to touch on that first, or do we want to touch on that at the end of the pod today? Um, I guess we could we could we could leave it. We'll tease it for now, but we'll leave it for later. Yeah. So stay tuned. Although, I mean, if if you're a hardcore Flyers fan, even just a general Philadelphia sports fan, everyone probably knows what we're talking about by now. But we'll get to that. Um, but of course, on this week's episode, you know, we're going to start off. Um, since the last time we were on board with everyone, when I was joined by. Good old Hoagie last week. You know, the Flyers had a couple stretches of um, some impressive victories and then one disappointing victory. Um, since we last came to you guys last Tuesday, um, the Flyers beat the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues in overtime in St. Louis. A huge gut check victory, um, especially after the news of Carter Hart being out about two weeks with an abdominal strain. Um Brian Elliott, very good in net against the defending Stanley Cup champs. Flyers blew a lead, came back, won the game in OT off a fantastic shot from Jake Voracek. Then that leads into the following evening, the 16th, um, going back home, back-to-back. Ilya Kovalchuk and the Montreal Canadiens come to town where, with Alex Lyon, recently called up from Lehigh Valley in net, and the Flyers just laid an absolute clunker. And Kovalchuk looked re- rejuvenated, scoring two goals as the Flyers dropped a 4-1 decision on home ice. They lost on home ice, which is something that hasn't happened very often this year. Uh, but then they followed it back up on Saturday the 18th um, on a weird, wintry mix day in the Philadelphia region, but with an impressive win over a team they should have beaten in Ilya Kovalchuk-less Los Angeles Kings, Jeff Carter returning back to Philadelphia, where the Flyers then curb-stomped the LA Kings four to one with an impressive victory where Travis Konechny showed kind of everyone why he's an, an NHL all-star this year. And then of course, Matt, we're going to brag about this game a lot last night. Cause we were there. Not a big <laughs> deal. The rival Pittsburgh Penguins come to town, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. And those are about all the names that I think the average hockey fan would recognize on that team right now, besides Jack Johnson. Uh, but regardless they come into town, Sidney Crosby with his crazy stats of how he plays in Philadelphia. Well, none of that mattered because usually if you keep Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby scoreless, odds are you are going to win the hockey game. And that's what the Flyers did very impressively. A 19-save shutout by Brian Elliott as the Flyers win 3 to nothing. Matt, let's kick it off here. Any thoughts you want to talk about from any of these games going from the 15th against the Blues to last night 
against Pittsburgh. Um, a very, very key stretch of games. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, it's the, the one loss in that stretch was not the loss I would have seen happening with this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely thought they would have beaten the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but they didn't. But if you still go in a four-game stretch and you go 3-1-0, and that's it's pretty impressive. It's what you need to stay afloat. Yeah. Um, I mean, all I can say at this point really is that we're at the halfway point of the season with the All-Star break being uh, this weekend. Um, and after that, uh, it's, it's still hopefully going to be all systems go for the Flyers. Um, again, we're already halfway through the season here, and every game from here on out is going to be more important than the previous one. Um, I didn't get to watch much of the St. Louis game, but uh, the Flyers, like you said, it was a gut check win for them against the defending cup champs. Uh, blew that two-goal lead I saw and then came back and luckily won it in overtime with uh, Voracek population uh, numero uno for Toe Drag City. <laughs> um, and then Montreal was a bit of a dud, so I won't really talk about that. <laughs> um, I mean, if you're an Ilya Kovalchuk fan, it was impressive. I'm not. Because he's just, he's just <laughs> making it look like he didn't even try with the Kings. Yeah. But... Um, not a Kovalchuk fan, so I'm not going to talk about that. Um, the Flyers then handled the Kings as they should have uh, at first just a couple weeks ago on that uh, ugly Christmas, post-Christmas road trip, post-holiday road trip. Uh, yikes. I don't even want to go back to that. Um, and then, I mean, last night, it feels good to beat Pittsburgh in Philadelphia, first of all, but to shut them out feels even better. The so first... And that's, I don't know if you can have really a better win and a better win against a more appropriate team than shutting out the Penguins going into the All-Star break, going into the bye week. Yeah, and a big gut-checky, you know, um, win that based off the last time the Flyers put the Penguins back before Halloween when they got absolutely curb-stomped by the Penguins in Pittsburgh with Brian Elliott in net. Yeah. you know, last night was the first Flyers shutout of the Pittsburgh Penguins since the 2017 season with Steve Mason in net. Um, the Flyers overall, you know, the Flyers definitely, I think they sat back a little too much in the third period last night, Matt, for our liking. Yeah. Um, but Brian Elliott and his goalposts came to show up in that third period. Um, and it was just an impressive win. More Pittsburgh fans there than usual, I'd say, in the past couple of years because we've both had our fair share of attending uh, Penguins-Flyers games. Um, uh-huh. But rightfully so, the, the the rightful heir to the throne and Philly side, the best side, came out <laughs> on top. Um, yeah, it's but- one of those things where, I mean, I don't know. The Penguins, for all that they have going for them, uh, I don't really look into their team too much, but um, they kind of don't, they don't really scare me as much as they do, as much as they did in recent years, where I feel Mm -hmm. like they're a team that's kind of, kind of like the Blackhawks, where they're coming out of their prime, and they're going to have to possibly start looking to not rebuild, but maybe bring, and don't get me wrong, they have a, as much as I don't like them, as a fan, as uh, a quote-unquote analyst of the game here, um, they have a, a, a stocked pool of young guys 
uh, primarily Jake Gensel. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they're kind of coming coming down a, a notch um, at this point. And I don't know if it's due to injuries because, I mean, as much as I don't like Crosby as a Flyers fan, still a good hockey player, great for the game. And He's we heard probably a couple the second guys, best player in the world right now. Yeah, we heard a couple guys behind us like saying, like, oh, like give him another concussion, like all that. Like, come on. There's no room in in today's game for that kind of talk. No matter if you're if you're a fan or not, like <laughs> I understand there's a there's the bitter 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 rivalry between the teams, but wishing injury on a guy, no matter what the rivalry is, is just messed up. Especially a guy like you said, you hate to see the arguably the top star in the game get hurt because that hurts the league. And as fans, no matter what team you are, you want to see the game grow, and you wanted to see the you wanted to get the attention that it deserves. So, but, and then the other side of the coin was, um, what, a, a nine-year-old pen, Penguins fan getting chirped <laughs> by grown men in Flyers jerseys, but, um... That was pretty I, funny. That was pretty it was, funny It was night. funny, and the, I, I will say the guy who was doing it didn't take it over the line. He was almost more having fun with the kid than anything, where he was more, like, ribbing him instead of, like absolutely ripping him a new one but it was it was good clean fun for the most part so that was cool but and i mean me personally like flyers penguins obviously it's heated uh on and off the ice but if anyone if no one gives me trouble as a penguins fan i'm not going to really do anything to give them any problems too because i mean no matter what arena that game is in you got to have some balls on you to wear the the road team's jerseys in that Mm -hmm. um it's comparable to Dallas and the Eagles, but mm-hmm. that's probably on a more hostile level than I think the Flyers Penguins are. Even though both are bitter rivals, but um, yeah. Phil- yeah, Philadelphia fans in general, any rivalry is not going to be taken kindly to. But no. again, every every fan base has their bad apples, and it just it sucks that sometimes the the few can define the many. But um. Mm-hmm. Last night was a good game. I mean, the I think I forget where I saw. I saw it on Twitter. I forget who I saw it from, but uh, I believe the Penguins actually went shotless for the last almost eleven minutes of the game. So that's impressive. Yeah, and I mean to hold a team like the Penguins to nineteen shots is also impressive. The Flyers played really well. Uh, gotta give a shout out to Kevin Hayes on that penalty kill sequence. Oh, I believe in the first or second period. But, I mean, he's doing his job out there really well, and that's mm-hmm. what you love to see from the guy. It's getting him major brownie points with the team and the fans. So kudos to him for such a great job on the PK. Uh, and then just kudos to the whole team for just giving giving a nice effort to the fans at home going into a bye week. Uh, AV's going to be on his uh, pontoon sipping martinis. So he's gonna he's gonna be enjoying himself while he's got some time off, but they just have to be ready to go when it comes to the the I guess when it comes back to being on the ice at least the full team because Konechny, as we've seen before, as we've already heard uh, a couple weeks ago or so is gonna be at the All Star game this weekend um, doing all that stuff. But the Flyers come back from the bye week against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, so they're gonna have to be ready for a fight. 
Yeah, and then they come home the next night to play the Colorado Avalanche at home. Yep. So that's kind of that's kind of two back to back impressive games after the also break. But Matt, last night I'll touch a couple of things. Uh, last night was one definitely one of the more tamer Flyers Penguin Penguins games we've seen in recent years. Like it wasn't that physical. It wasn't that that dirty. It definitely seems like the Penguins mailed it in almost. But you know it's kind of hard. They are their roster is devastated by injuries right now. They yeah. they pretty much have on offense Sidney Crosby. And if getting Malkin followed by guy, followed by guy, followed by guy, followed by guy, <laughs> um, Jake Gensel is hurt. And then other than that, on offense, those are really the only three names I recognized on defense. It's literally Chris Letang and then Jack Johnson, who's half a guy now, mm-hmm. followed by guy, followed by guy, followed by guy. And then you get to their goaltending and it's Tristan Jari who's taken the number one job from um, Matt Murray. Matt Murray, thank you. I was about to call him Matt Martin for some reason. <laughs> Matt Martin, not a goalie, but an NHL player. Matt Murray, so thank you for that save there, Matt. Oh, get it? Save on the goalies? There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, just it, it, it's not a heavy Penguins roster, and you're right. It, you do seem like they're on the way out of things, but if you check the standings going um, as of right now, at the midway point, the Penguins are still 31-14-5. and They have a seven-point lead on the Flyers. So even still with Malkin, Crosby, Latang, and guys, um, they're still, you know, right up there, only a couple of points behind the Capitals for the division lead. And, and, and I think in a season where, um, you know, they pretty much had, you know, they missed Crosby for almost 20 games already this year. And Malkin turned into the Super Malkin. Um, but still, regardless, even though, you know, any anytime you have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on the ice, you know, they're, the Penguins are always going to be in a game. Um, so one thing I kind of want to touch on fan cheering and stuff right now. I don't know you, Matt, um, but I'm completely over the Flyers fans chanting Crosby sucks at, at, at games against the Penguins. Um, <laughs> I'm not the first person to share this opinion online. I saw a lot of it on Twitter today, actually. Um, it's never really thrown Crosby off his game. And he's an established NHL player. Now, every know, everyone knows he's in the top three list. You know, if you have to name top three players in the league right now, you're saying McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon. And you Ooh. might even switch... Oh, Oh, Obi would be four. Uh-huh. Um, but if you're looking at top three complete players, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I put Obi at four. And I rank, I I personally within rank them currently McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby, Ovi. That's my top four best players in the league right now. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's never, Channing Crosby sucks has never really thrown him off his game. Everyone knows how many points he has in Philadelphia throughout his career. We don't need to say it out loud. It's an easy stat to look up. And if you're a hockey fan, especially a Flyers fan, you know the statistic. It's like 40-some-odd points in like 38 games or something like that in the city of Philadelphia. It's it's absolutely absurd. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like chanting it. Like Even the arena didn't really get into that last night. And it was a pretty full arena last night, too. So I'm thinking more fans are realizing that. But, uh. you know... There, when the Penguins come to town, there are other players we can try and yell chants for to get them off their game that aren't composed and poised like Crosby is. Evgeny Malkin, a.k.a. Shrek, is off his rocker. I mean, we've seen the dude literally baseball swing his stick at Michael Roffel's head before. 
Uh, so maybe, you know, Channing Malkin sucks. Or Chris Letang lost a little bit of his edge last night by throwing a punch at Couturier when he was vulnerable and he got called for a penalty. Maybe Channing something at Letang. You know, maybe target those guys because they seem to be affected by what happens more in their surroundings in the game atmosphere than Crosby does. Because it doesn't seem to bother Crosby whatsoever. And yes, Crosby has, as much as it pains me to say as a Flyers fan, he's not the same player he was 10, 12 years ago. Yes, when he broke into the league, he was a bit of a pansy and a whiny little baby. He's grown out of that. You know, he's really mature as a hockey player and as a person. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, you know, we all have those quotes back from the 2012 series of, I don't like him. I don't like anyone on their team. But compared to what he was saying years before that, back when he broke in the league, like in 2006, 2007, 2008, you know, that's that's loads different. Back then, he was literally a whiny little bitch. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe it's time for something new. Like, you know, Philadelphia, we're creative. Like, you know, we can come up with something, you know, fun and catchy. And I just feel like there there were some fans near us who just kept on yelling, Crosby sucks all night whenever he, whenever he had the puck when they got a free second. But you didn't really hear anyone else picking up on that cheer. And, you know, I'm, well, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, and I mean, there was also this the kid behind us a couple of rows or so, wherever he was, where, I mean, you talk about a try-hard trying to try trying to start chance. I mean, this kid every, every, I don't know, X amount of seconds would be, would try and start a let's go flyers or Crosby sucks or some other, uh, what, what is it? Four syllables. Let's go fly. Yeah. Four <laughs> quick math there. But, um, <laughs> this kid tried to start X amount of chance throughout the whole game and barely got anyone to get on board with him. And, at what point do you think to yourself when you're trying to do that, maybe I should stop and not be annoying to everyone else around me by just yelling out random chants and trying to get people to join in. But, you know, that's just me. So, um, yeah. but, yeah, I mean, overall, the game itself, it was a good game. Uh, very tame for a Flyers-Penguins game uh, on the ice and off the ice. There weren't a lot of, uh, I guess, fan interactions with the opposing sides that I saw or heard. But, um, I mean, hey, gets us out of the building safely, uh, quickly, and we get ourselves a W rolling into the All-Star break. Exactly. So and, and I for am all we know, okay Matt, with that. Yeah. And for all we know, we were over in Section 210. For all we know, across the building, there could have been an incident that happened that we have no idea about. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you had your art travel come into town, a game before a nice long break for the majority of the team, a game where literally the Flyers in the past would have every excuse not to play well and lay an egg. And the Flyers came out and said, no, 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 not today. And a three, nothing shutout. And at the building now on the way out, leaving the building fans were hype. Yep. Let's go Flyers chance. Um, you know, Crosby sucks chance yet again, but this time people were into it. I think people were just almost in a state of shock with how tame the game was. Everyone kind of seemed nervous. Like no one wanted to commit too loud to cheering or yelling because they're like, okay, something's going to happen any second here. And we don't know what's going to happen because this is not like a typical Flyers Penguins game. Um, but regardless the rifle team won. We all left happy. Um, our winning record of hate, of attending games together this season, Matt improved as well as my own personal record attending games. Not a big I gotta, deal. 
I gotta figure out what my record is here. I, I am. I think it's. I think um, I de- I'm definitely positive. I know that. I gotta figure out how many games I've been to. Fortunately, I've gone to a nice amount of games. Thank you to you and uh, <laughs> StubHub. Yeah. No free ads. No free ads. No free ads. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I have a tally of it at work, but not here at home. But I'm fairly certain that I am fourteen. Three and three this uh, year. Yeah, you have season tickets. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I digress. Um, Matt, anything else you want to add about the um, Flyers Penguins game from last night? The one thing I will say, as we kind of segue into our next topic, is that it just it's nice to like the the mood of this bye week would be a lot different if they would have lost last night. Oh, for sure. I mean, it would it wouldn't have been the end of the world, obviously, but it would have just been like, all right, let's get the all star stuff over with and just have them go to Pittsburgh and play a revenge game and then start off the the comeback from the bye week on the right foot. But it's mm-hmm. nice to just kind of sit back and relax for now. Uh, will kind of suck to not see any Flyers games for the next week, but the All-Star game, uh, as cringy or cheesy and sometimes unentertaining as it can be, is exciting nonetheless. Um, I'll have to see if I can find like a list of the events that they're going to do, especially for the Stills competition. I already have it up, my guy. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. So you're on the ball, but I don't know. One thing I will say, I guess we'll get into that stuff now. We'll talk about the rosters and all that. But once we well, talk I'll, about the skills competition, I figured we would I feel keep like... on. I figured we would keep on with our last Flyers topic and address them where they are at midway at the All Star break before we go oh, yeah, into yeah, the All Star yeah, yeah. game. We can do yes. that. We can do that. All right, cool. So, because I too also have it all up and ready to go. <laughs> Take it away. I, I came prepared tonight, Matt. I know I'm this semi very prepared, often. but yeah, I know. I'm well, I mean, you're usually I'm... more prepared than I am. And yeah. tonight, I was like, you know what, let me have all the links up. I want to be ready. Like, I have the I gotta outline. Get, I got to get my legs back here on the podcast game. I've been <laughs> out of the game for a few weeks. And every once in a while, the other person's got to step up, and another person can take a little, a little leg back. It happens. We're a team here. That's, that's what hey, happens. man. Dude, I haven't even done a podcast since last decade. All right, call me a break. Oh, wow. Last decade. <laughs> um, and yeah. that's been tonight's episode. Hey, we'll be there next week. Uh, but. <laughs> Flyers currently, like we mentioned, we've been talking about, they are at the halfway, well, not the halfway, they're past the halfway point. They are at the all-star break. Um, 50 games played, 32 games left remaining in the regular season, hopefully before the playoffs, knock on wood. Um, But right now, the Flyers, like I said, at 50 games played, have a record currently of 27-17-6. That's good for 60 points. They are tied right now for the last wild card spot with the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are 26, 16, and 8, and have the tiebreaker because they have one less regulation loss than the Flyers for some reason. Um, but, you know, right now, besides the Flyers, you know, they've got a plus eight positive goal differential. They're 17, 4, and 4 on home ice, 10, 13, and 2 on the road. That road record can still improve. Um, but home ice, they're one of the best teams, if not the best team on home ice this year. Um, they are presently right in the thick of things for the playoffs. And if at this point last year, 
the Philadelphia Flyers had 48 points. It actually popped up in my memories, Matt, that at this point last year, the Flyers were streaking. And on our podcast a year ago today, we were talking about them making a push for the playoffs. Oh, so God. a difference what between fools this we year, were. A, di- a difference between last year and this year is last year we were hopeful and saying, can they go on a run? Can they push back in the mix? And this year, well, hot damn, they're in it. Um, yeah. They are three points out of third spot in the division held by the New York Islanders. They're one point out behind the Carolina Hurricanes, who hold the top seed in the wild card. So these last 32 games, like it's going to be exciting. Like buckle there is up. some meaning. There's buckle up. There is some meaningful hockey coming back to Philadelphia in the months of February, March, and April. These are huge games. And if you go ahead looking into the schedule for the future for the Flyers, like we mentioned, they come back from the All-Star break in Pittsburgh on January 31st. Then they come straight back home, evening tilt against the Colorado Avalanche. Then you got the Detroit Red Wings, New Jersey Devils, Washington Capitals. That's your first stretch of games back from the All-Star break. There are some winnable games in there, but there are some tests. And then the rest of March, mostly Eastern Conference teams. The only two Western Conference opponents the Flyers face in the month of March, besides the Colorado Avalanche, is the Winnipeg Jets and the San Jose Sharks. The rest of the in March, they play the Jets at home. Oilers, twenty second in March. This is February. My mistake. February. I skipped the month. This is February. Because I can calendar. It's where Matt is stepping <laughs> up. So in February, they only play the Colorado Avalanche, the Winnipeg Jets, and the San Jose Sharks all on yeah. home ice in the month of February. The rest of the games on home ice or on the road are against Eastern Conference opponents. And uh-huh. one, two, three, four, five, six of those games in the month of February are against Metropolitan Division rivals. Huge month. And they're playing some of the weaker teams in the division. So if they can come out and be strong after the break and have a really good month of February, they can be sitting pretty for March. But March necessarily doesn't get any easier. You get a little bit more Western Conference teams. You face the Blues again. You face the Bruins, the Lightning, um, Penguins again at home on March 29th. Um, So, you know, there's, you know... The schedule definitely seemed much harder in the first half of the year, but they've got a good stretch of road games coming up here in February and March. And if they definitely want to make a solid push and get really, really into the playoff hunt and really even, you know, contend for, you know, second or third in the division, um, they need to really improve that road record. So it's a very huge, important stretch here. There's definitely a lot of winnable games and teams they beat in this year. But they also get, luckily, a chance to replay some teams where on that Western road trip where they sucked ass. And now they can get some revenge. So, Matt, how are you? Personally, I am very optimistic. I think the schedule bodes, at least in February, bodes very well for this Flyers team. And I think they can definitely do some damage. Matt, where do you stand on the Flyers right now um, at the All-Star break? And how do you see, you know, the next couple months, 
you know, coming coming out. Well, I'll say one thing. Uh, I'm a lot more confident now than I was a year ago with this team. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, optimi- I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, again, Going, uh, I'm the same way I was going into this season that we're in now, where it's uh, the cautious optimism, where... Um, we've seen what this team can do when they're when they're on a roll and when they're not on a, a winning streak, but when they play well. And if they can play their game consistently and night in, night out, all that kind of stuff, just a uh, 16-minute effort, those cliches, they're they're going to be fine. But there's going to be games here, especially I think the toughest games. So there's going to be two types of tough games, and I think I've said this before in past podcasts, but there's the uh, the obvious one, which is the good teams in the NHL uh, along the back end of this season here. But then I think the more the – I mean, don't get me wrong. Every game from here on out, like I said just a few minutes ago, is going to get more important than the other one. But the key games that I think are going to really hurt them in this uh, second half of the season are the ones that they can't – played down to opponents that mm-hmm. aren't better than them. Like, I mean, if you look at right off the bat when they come off the break, they have games against Detroit and the Devils. Those should be two easy wins. Now, granted, it's going to get to the point where those teams are most likely out of the playoff hunt. Not totally at this point, but they probably well, will be. Detroit is. Yeah. But Detroit's really I bad. mean, they're gonna they're gonna be teams looking to play spoiler, and I mean, one of those games that two points that they could lose, or they could the Flyers could lose playing teams like that could be the difference between them making the playoffs or not. So they need to come into these games knowing that they're the better team. Don't get cocky about it, but play their game, and they need to easily handle these these teams and move on to the next one. And they just. I mean, the most important thing is don't overlook anybody, no matter who it is, whether it's the Capitals, the Bruins, the Penguins, the the Red Wings, the Senators. Like, I mean, everyone is going to be fighting for something at this point in the season, and whether it's to play the spoiler role or to just cushion themselves and uh, inch closer to playoff spots, they, the Flyers, they have – more room for error than they did last season, but not by much, I'd say, because they're, as of now, they're on the outside looking in, but only by a point in the wild card and three points in the actual top three in the division. Whereas Mm -hmm. last year at this point, they were, what, probably, I don't know, 10 points out, something like that. I don't know the exact stat, but it wasn't, they weren't as close as they were this time last year. So with 48 points, if they were this year, so if this year they had 48 points, they would only be above Ottawa, New Jersey, and Detroit in the Eastern Conference standings. Yeah. Um, so, so 48, 48 points, they would be second to last in the division. Because the Devils yeah. have 41 and the Rangers have 50. And then yep. the Flyers and uh the Blue Jackets are tied at 60. I mean, that's 10 points on the standing is a nice cushion between two teams, but the Flyers just can't take their foot off the gas at this point. They need to no. take this by to do whatever they can to stay sharp. Uh, it's 
a week doesn't seem like that much, but it, it is when you talk about that, the aspect of rest versus rust, where if you're on a roll like that and you're riding that high of a win, I'd be eager to get right back at it and keep going. So, um, mm-hmm. like I said, as much as the all-star break is fun, it's like, do we need a whole week off where it's like, I'd rather see the Flyers continue and maybe go on a little winning streak here as opposed to be like, great job. You just won your last game. Here's a week vacation and you can't play as a team. And they're just like, eh. it's like a double-edged sword. But, um, Bottom line is, I'm again. I'm a lot more confident this time um, than I was last year about them hopefully making the playoffs. Because I mean, let's face it, any team, no matter what team you're a fan of, if your team's in the playoffs, it makes the playoffs that much better. It might make them also a lot more stressful and emotional. But mm-hmm. I mean, I love watching the playoffs regardless. But when the Flyers aren't in it, it just doesn't have that extra energy to it. Where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, like game one, game whatever, like, up against whoever we're playing, like, let's get her going, let's roll, like, all this kind of stuff. So you just uh, – I'm hope, I'm craving the excitement of Flyers playoff hockey again. And with every game that passes, that new slogan of now or never is going to be even more relevant. Mm-hmm. So Very true. And – I don't know if this is looking too far ahead, and I don't really want to think about this now, but if the Flyers were to miss the playoffs this year, I don't know. That'd be a monumental collapse, based on how this season's gone. Yeah. Um, But we'll see. Matt, you hit the point very much on the head. There are some. We'll take it one game at a time here. I don't want to worry about that right now. Exactly. And I feel like a lot of this fan base and a lot of this city is still like. One game at a time this year. Like a, a lot of people don't want to call this team legit yet, even though I would say I think we certainly do. But we definitely have our concerns. Um, like the road, the road record is concerning. Yeah. Like you know, the only really thing you can't control on the road is your matchups. And does not having last change really hurt the Flyers this badly? Um, something's going on there. So especially the playoffs, you're gonna need road wins. And hopefully, you know, this time off, Carter Hart comes back um, from this abdominal strain. Brian Elliott can keep up this strong play. And hopefully the Flyers can stay in the mix and they can both keep up their good play and fix their road woes. And I definitely think the Flyers in the mix, Chuck Fletcher is not going to be afraid to make a deal. You know, Mm -hmm. now that we're transitioning transitioning back into being a legit contender and a legit NHL team again, um, who knows what's going to happen at the trade deadline? Yeah. You know, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Like, are they going to add on? They don't really have a whole lot of cap space. Chris well, Stewart was Chris Stewart was just waived, so we'll have to see what comes. But I'm not sure if there's a lot of big time rentals. The Flyers have already been linked to being having a Jeff Carter reunion, but do we really need him back here? These are all things obviously we can address as we get closer to the trade line and when yeah, how yeah, we yeah. see these re- recent games. I was going to say the one the one thing I will say before I guess we can segue into the All Star stuff if you want, but and take an ad break with the trade. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, with the trade deadline looming in the next, almost the next, I guess less than a month from now, right? When's the trade deadline? Uh, it's in February. It's usually like the last week of February. I think. Hold on, I'm good. NHL trade deadline. Here. It's a Monday, February twenty fourth. So yeah, almost a month from today, month and two days. Uh, today being the twenty second of January. But um, 
it's going to be another one of those double-edged sword situations where you want to, if there are guys that you think you can move for the right price or the right return, whatever it may be, whether prospects, picks, all that jazz, um, there's that. But then there's also the possibility of these guys, of losing these guys that you could have gotten rid of at the trade deadline in the expansion draft for the Seattle team. Mm-hmm. So you got to think, you got to almost think ahead a little bit if you're a GM, no matter what team, where it's like, if you have guys that you could possibly move now for some sort of reward instead of losing them for nothing come the expansion draft, that's going to be a tough choice to make, I think, if you're a GM. But And the Flyers don't really have that many UFAs going into next year that are that important. They, do have, they have a couple RFAs. Yeah. Justin Braun's really the biggest UFA. And even based on his play right now, I'd resign him. Yeah. You know, has, well, has he has he been the most flashy, great defenseman? No, but he's been st- almost steady Eddie back there. I know that's Matt Niskanen's nickname. Yeah. Um, Matt Niskanen, a player who's I think definitely going to benefit from the, from the week off here. Oh, um, yeah. But Justin Braun, you know, when he was out with injury, that Flyers defense looked way different. So. Yeah, but I think that's another another podcast. Like you said, as it gets yes, closer to that, indeed. we'll uh, we'll start throwing around some names and all that kind of stuff. Like everyone else in the hockey world is going to be doing, but um, stick with us here on Five Minute Major, and we'll we'll give you the lowdown on what we think might happen, and uh, we'll try and sort out the the facts from the fakes uh, when yes, it comes indeed. to trade rumors. And Dave, as always, will give his thoughts on Flyers Twitter and their antics surrounding trade rumors. So stay tuned, for, stay tuned for that as well. <laughs> uh, with that being said, should we segue into some all-star stuff here? Yes, real quick, though, we need to uh, take an ad read from our sponsor, Anchor. We will be back in two seconds. Alrighty, we are back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. Uh, Matt, as we've been talking about almost this whole podcast, it's All-Star Weekend, All-Star Break. Um, you know, it's in, hosted in good old St. Louis, defending Stanley Cup champions. Have the rights to it this year. It's already been awarded for next year's event, which will be in Sunrise, Florida. The Florida Panthers will be hosting. And I can't wait to see all those empty seats in the stands <laughs> at the All-Star game. Zing, had to get my shot in there. Sorry, Allie Fields. Um, but going to this All-Star game, of course, Friday night, we start, you know, with the good old skills competition, which a lot of people definitely think is more exciting these days. Um, but the rosters overall, Matt, I have up here on my screen right now, going by division. Um, and I believe it looks like they've been updated for replacement players. Um, but some very good players, a couple surprising ones. Um, but here we go. Um, Matt, do you want to name off? Do you have the rosters up? Do you want to split these off or do you want me to give the green light and just want me to go off and name the rosters? I can split them off with you. All right, let's see. Uh, I'll take the Atlantic and Metropolitan if you want to do Central and the Pacific. Sounds good. All righty. Well, starting for your Eastern Conference All-Stars in the Atlantic Division, you have David Pasternak. His second appearance in the All-Star Game, who is captaining the Atlantic Division team, followed by Tyler Bertuzzi making his first appearance, Anthony Duclair making his first appearance, Jack Eichel making his third appearance, 
Jonathan Huberto making his first appearance, Mitch Marner, first appearance, Brady Tuchuk, first appearance, Victor Hedman, his third, Shea Weber, his seventh, Frederick Anderson, his first, and Andre Vasilevsky, his third. Then coming to the Metropolitan Division, Chris Letang, his sixth appearance, will be captaining this Metropolitan Division team. Matt Barzell, his second appearance, Nico Hishier, his first, Travis Konechny, his first NHL All-Star appearance, let's go TK, TJ Oshie, surprisingly, his first appearance, Chris Kreider, his first appearance, John Carlson, his second, Jacob Slavin, his first, Seth Jones, his third, Brayden Holpe, his fifth, and Tristan Jari, his first. Um, notable additions or subscriptions or skipping in the Atlantic Division, obviously, Tuka Rask chose not to play. Austin Matthews is attending, but it's not participating because um, he's got an injury. Then in the Metro Division, Jake Gensel was slated to make the game. Kyle Palmieri, Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Corposalo, and Artemi Panarin are all out because of, of injury. And Alex Ovechkin chose not to play. Matt, with that, I hand you the talking stick, and you can go over the Western Conference All-Stars. All right, sounds good. So heading out west now to the Central Division, uh, the forwards for that. We have Nate McKinnon in his fourth appearance, the captain of the division. Uh, Patrick Kane in his ninth appearance. Ryan O'Reilly in his third appearance. David Perron, uh, his first All-Star game. Next up, we got Mark Scheifele from Winnipeg with his second appearance, followed by Tyler Sagan with his sixth appearance. Also, Eric Stahl appearing his sixth appearance as well. Uh, on D, we got Roman Yossi in his third appearance, and Alex Petrangelo uh, in his second appearance. Uh, I feel like I'm saying experience, but I'm saying appearance. Uh, <laughs> the goalies for the Central Division, we have uh, not nervous Jordan Bennington uh, in his first appearance in the All-Star game, and Connor Hellebuck from the Winnipeg Jets in his second appearance. Uh, and rounding out the Western Conference with the Pacific Division, we have McDavid, a.k.a. McJesus, in his fourth appearance, uh, the captain of division. Uh, his teammate, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, in his second appearance. Thomas Hurdle from the Sharks, appearing in his first All-Star game. Uh, next up, we got Anze Kopitar in his fifth All-Star game. Max Pacioretty in his first. Elias Peterson, or Pedersen, depending on how you say it, Potato Potato, in his second All-Star appearance. Uh, the Rat himself, Matthew Kachuk, in his inaugural All-Star appearance. Uh, Mark Giordano in his third appearance. Quinn Hughes, uh, a.k.a. arguably the twin of Spin Chicklets, Mike Grinnell. <laughs> uh, his first appearance in the All-Star game. And then the goalies for the Pacific Division, we have Jacob Markstrom in his first appearance. And also... Big save, Dave. David Riddick uh, in his first All-Star Game appearance. Uh, a few notable exclusions and absences from the Pacific Division. You have Jakob Silverberg uh, not playing due to personal reasons. Logan Couture is injured. Darcy Kemper is also injured. And Mark andre Fleury has chosen not to play. So that rounds out our NHL All-Stars for this 2020 All-Star Weekend. The one thing I like, I like a lot about of with these rosters, Matt, is you're seeing a lot of first-time appearances of players who have never been there before. Uh -huh. So I'm hoping that might change the atmosphere a little bit in regards to the game. 
the skills competition is always fun, always entertaining, always great. You know, there's always drinking games that pop up. You know, if you're having a party for your diehard hockey fans, like I'll be hosting at the apartment, as Matt, you've already been invited to, not a big deal. Um, <laughs> there's always something you can do involving having fun with that game. You have friends over, order a couple pizzas, cheesesteaks, kill some brews, maybe some Pink Whitney, but no free ads here. Um, it's always a fun night. And then the All-Star game itself has kind of gotten stale over the years. Because for the same couple years here, I felt like it was always the same people going. And now you're seeing a much like a, a, a new passing of the guard almost. Uh. Where we're seeing a lot of, like I said, fresh faces coming in. Um, you know, looking in the Metro Division, you've got, well, overall, just overall, one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Thirteen players. It's their first appearance in the game, combined between all the divisions. So with with that's almost you know a good chunk of you know half half the players going. Um, so hopefully you know of course that's going to lead to something and maybe they'll have a new influx of energy. It's still the three on three tournament which we've grown used to seeing these past couple seasons here. Um, I wish they'd keep the three on three tournament, but still go back to having the draft format where they picked captains and the captains drafted players. Um, but that made it a whole weekend thing. Cause then it was a draft Friday night school competition, Saturday and game on Sunday. And by the time everyone got the game on Sunday, I think you just tell that people didn't really give a shit anymore. Yeah. Um, and I like how this year they switched it to being, Skills comp Friday, game Saturday. So yep. now, of course, then you have the Sunday for the Pro Bowl in the NFL. Because the NHL knows they're not competing with that for viewing. Um, so I like how they switched to a Friday-Saturday format. Personally, I'm looking forward to it. I actually haven't watched the Skills competition or All-Star game itself in recent years. Just because the past couple of years I was either working at good old Chipotle throwback or just had other plans going on. Whereas this year I said, you know what, I actually want to be around. I want to watch what's going on because there's a lot of first timer things. And now that I've got my own place, everything like I'm actually like I'm, I'm excited. Like, would I be way more excited if it was in Philly? Like, oh, oh my God, I would love it if the Flyers would host one year because I've heard it's kind of like the outdoor games where it's awesome for that host city. And it's just kind of like meh for everyone else. It's like um, the draft. The draft was a blast in Philly. We were there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this. There's some good players who are going to be there. There's some drama in the Pacific Division, especially with Leon Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Tuchuk all being on the same team. With the drama that happened, um, you know, against that last Oilers-Flames game and Dreisaitl saying if he's on the ice, I'm getting off of it. Like, <laughs> woo! There might be some fireworks on the own team. So, yeah. Um, Overall, I'm really excited. I'm actually looking forward to watching everything this weekend. I think it's going to be a good event. The fly, uh, not the Flyers, <laughs> the NHL has brought in some new, um, some new skills competition events, which sound fun. There's one that is a really big deal, and I think it's going to help out um, another portion of the hockey community. Uh, but going into the skills competition on Friday night, um, of course, you've got the Bridgestone NHL fastest skater. The Bud Light NHL Save Streak, the Honda NHL Accuracy Shooting. Then they have the Elite Women's Three on Three, presented by Adidas, which breaks up 
Team USA and Team Canada, all women from the PW Professional Women's HP. I think it's hockey players or hockey. PWHA. It's the Professional Women's Hockey Association, I think. They're the players who are boycotting the NWHL this season right now because they want to form one big, unanimous, successful women's league, and they feel as though the NWHL isn't that. Um, So players who are protesting that league are going to be at the NHL game performing their own throughout three game, USA versus Canada. I think that might be the highlight of the weekend. Um, Moving on then, they have, of course, the Enterprise NHL Hardest Shot. And then they have another new event, which is the Gatorade NHL Shooting Stars, which is where NHL players will be going into the stands and shooting pucks from the stands down into a target, I guess, on the ice. So there's a lot of new things here, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. What what are your overall thoughts? Your overall thoughts, if I can speak English, Jesus, um, on the on the game itself, the roster, and then these new um, kind of the new blood they've done to the skills competition. Um, I'm I'm excited for the the three on three women's uh, game. I guess yeah, um, yeah. All right, yeah. Two ten ten minute periods with a running clock. That's gonna be good. Um, one of the best games I think I've ever watched was the was it the twenty twenty eighteen uh, women's world not world cup Olympic gold medal game with Canada and the U S. It was on at like eleven thirty like our time, but it was like six o'clock. I don't I forget where those Olympics were, but that game was awesome. It went into overtime and then the U S. won in a shootout. But that was one of the best games I've watched I've ever watched. Um, That'll be exciting. The harder shots always fun to watch. I'm sure is Chara. Chara's no. not in it this year though, so he'll. I think my money's probably on Shea Weber, Weber for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the accuracy shooting is always cool. Everyone's pretty accurate in the NHL these days, so that should probably be pretty easy. Uh, Bud Light save streak. That's usually fun too. That's I believe that's when like guys just go in on breakaways on the goalies, right? So there should be some pretty cool moves by the goalies and also the players on that. The shooting stars should be interesting, too. It sounds like it'll be comparable to, like, Dude Perfect, but with, like, NHL All-Stars and women All-Stars as well, where they'll be, like, shooting at targets and stuff like that from different locations in the arena. It'll be cool, though. It'll be fun to watch. Um, uh, In recent years, personally, I've... DVR'd and recorded the uh, the skills competition and just zip through the commercials, but um, I'll most likely be over at your apartment. Thanks for the invite again. <laughs> um, and we'll we'll watch it in full. And then the game itself, I mean, I love what they did by changing the game to the three-on-three tournament. I think that makes it a lot more fun than, than it being like 15 to 14 with the East versus the West, where like the all-star game is almost like a goalie's nightmare where like, you know, you're going to get lit up for like mm-hmm. 10 goals at least. So they make it a lot more fun for the players and most importantly, the fans as well. So it'll be a fun weekend. Um, I'm just eager for the flyers to get back because I just want them to keep it rolling. But yeah, all-star game is already fun. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the fan attendance, uh, as you joked about earlier, in Florida next year. But 
we'll see. I mean, sunrise Florida in January is probably pretty nice. So maybe maybe we should try, be a nice, try and go a nice little weekend getaway for people, <laughs> especially the players. I don't know if I can afford that, but um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be fun week a fun weekend all around. I think it'll be nice to watch all this stuff. Uh, that's really all I got. Yeah, um, we are getting a little bit pressed on. Yeah, we're almost at an hour already. Um, right. so, so kind of on our last topic, um, Matt, there's uh, some trouble in the city of brotherly love. Maybe potentially not. I'm going with potentially not. Um, Matt, if you've got all the details, pull up. I'll, I'll let you take away with this because uh, yeah. it just sounds uh, just people these days. And that's all I'm going to say. And now I'm handing you the talking stick for a little bit. <laughs> all right. Hold on a sec. Where am I going? Oh, uh, sorry, some technical difficulties. Here we go. So, uh, as it broke, I believe, earlier today, from where I first saw it was the Philadelphia Inquirer, yep, the local paper. Yeah, they broke uh, it first. This afternoon, the headline reads, Did Gritty punch a 13-year-old boy in the back? Ooh. Philadelphia detectives are investigating. So, yes. To, pref- to preface this for what we're about to talk about, um, a man by the name of Chris Greenwell took his boy Brandon to the Wells Fargo Center one night in November to meet the most famous person on the Philadelphia Flyers payroll, Gritty. Uh, the Flyers had invited Greenwell and his son to get a photo and some FaceTime with the mascot, uh, all part of an exclusive event for season ticket holders. Uh, this is all from the article, credit to them. Uh, but after waiting in line for about an hour behind dozens of fans to get to Gritty, Something shocking happened, according to Greenwell. Officials at Comcast Spectacor, the company that owns the Flyers... Oh, wait. Did I skip something? Oh, yeah, here we go. So, Gritty punched Brandon in the back, his dad claims. Oh, uh, no. In, in Greenwell's telling, his son was playfully patting the mascot on the head after the photo was taken. As Brandon walked away, Gritty got out of his chair, quote, took a running start, and quote, Punched my son as hard as he could, the dad said. Uh, officials at Comcast Spectacor, the company that owns the Flyers, told Greenwell there's no video footage of the incident because the, quote, cameras in that area of the center are focused on other locations, end quote. Uh, the company declined to identify who was playing Gritty that day. It said it conducted an investigation that included interviews with that person and couldn't verify Greenwell's account. So, as this evolved, the police got involved and they are saying that the investigation is, quote, active and ongoing. Um, Greenwell has also decided to dump his season tickets after 22 years and is basically wanting the Flyers to give him, not give him, but give his son almost, for lack of better terms, special treatment for what had happened to him in the form of like I guess tickets or being put on the scoreboard, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he wants he wants his son <laughs> to be on the scoreboard and then he wants both of them to be brought in the locker room and meet the whole team. Yeah. Um and then this is a quote from the vice president of risk management at Comcast Spectacor, Lori Kleinman. Uh I have investigated your allegations and cannot identify anyone who witnessed the incident as you described it. Uh, it's unfortunate that you and your son had a bad experience at our gritty photo event. 
Therefore, we are op offering an opportunity to discuss a creative way to restore your son's love with the Flyers. Uh, they disagreed. Uh, things soured in the email exchange, and they disagreed. Um, and again, this is just peak 2020 journalism already, where it's the article is A, saying that I guess the kid got bruised, where... Let's face it. You might want to you might want to eat a little more protein if you're getting a bruise from a squeaky hand of a mascot. Um, <laughs> and then um, the article is almost referring to Gritty as a person instead of a person in a costume. So Gritty could be real. I mean, there might not be anyone inside of him. He could just be like a, a monster that crawled out of the trash in Philadelphia. So we don't know. But um, it's just I mean. <laughs> Just the, the fact that we're talking about our beloved Gritty supposedly punching this kid in the back, bruising him, and then this dad is getting the police involved is just absolutely wild. Um, I don't think I've ever read a headline as interesting and uh, not controversial, but more on like the is this real side where someone is suing the mascot for punching them in the back supposedly and it sounds like this guy's claims are like pretty weak to begin with where it seems like dave you mentioned this to me earlier it could just be a an attempt at a cra uh, not a crash grab a cash grab <laughs> um and like i said this guy just wants wants the attention for him and his son and almost kind of wants to strong arm the flyers into doing something special for his kid in the wrong way and it's one of those things also where this guy may not have thought this whole process through where he thought maybe oh i'm gonna accuse gritty of punching my son and then it'll be a cakewalk to get something free from the flyers but instead the police are involved now and people are saying that this didn't even happen and also, you'd think in today's day and age when everyone has their phone out at almost every minute of the day, especially at a photo event where you probably have your cameras ready to go to take a picture, people wouldn't catch this on camera somehow, regardless if it was, uh, regardless of the in-arena cameras with the, I don't know, hundreds of people that are already there with their phones, you would have thought someone would have seen. You would have seen, and like, the fact that the, the dad says he took a running start at the kid. Someone would have gotten that whole incident on video where they're, they're like, why is gritty running towards, Oh my God, he just hit this kid in the back. Like, and it wouldn't have blown up. It was what November was the event. And it's now yeah. three months Early later. November. Yeah. Two months. It was so, before uh, Thanksgiving. The event was before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, um, it all seems fishy to me and it's just, it's, it's funny that it's, getting blown up to this where like <laughs> and also gritty has been known to be a bully but i don't think the person is like i mean gritty again he's real there's no one inside of him he's an actual monster he's real he's like <laughs> i mean no one is in him he's gritty so um i just can't believe gritty would hit a child i, don't, I mean i mean if you're 13 you're like a teen so but hey just gritty's gritty's gonna gritty man he doesn't care about the law. It's it's just it's utterly ridiculous. This is clearly a pure cash grab by this asshole. Um, not part of my French there. I mean, all offense with that statement. 
Um, why is this breaking now? If this really happened, if Gritty, the any the probably the most popular mascot in the NHL and in the world, I was say in sports, takes a probably. Run, takes a running start at your child at an event with thousands of people there, probably with ninety nine percent of them having cell phones, you would have thought this would have broken almost two months ago. Like this would have came out when it happened if it actually happened. And the fact, not only Matt, is there, there's other facts that have surfaced on Twitter now, um, that a week after said event, this this person, this man, who I'm blanking on his name, Matt, can I get that one more time, please? The father's name? Yes. Hold on a sec. I closed my lap, my uh, my iPad. Oh, I digress. It's, it's not important. But no, the- no, no. We got to get the facts right here. Stand by. Uh, Chris Greenwell. Chris Greenwell, after the event of all this happened, still made his profile picture on Facebook. The picture of him, his son, and Gritty. He's just trying to make a statement, man. The main reason why he complained was because he was unhappy with the quality of the picture. But then after the event, he waited. He waited a full week before he took his son to get medical attention. And and where did he take his son to get medical medical attention? A chiropractor. Excuse me? <laughs> you take your son to the chiropractor after yeah. he was punched by a running start by an NHL mascot? It doesn't add up. And then when you're emailing the team complaining about this, saying how you want my son on the scoreboard, and I want a meet and greet in the locker room with the players. And the Flyers ran an investigation, released a statement saying, we took these accusations seriously, conducted an investigation, and found no evidence to support your claim. Like, come on, dude. Like, in... I've been on social media all afternoon, and you, you would think in how today's society is with taking accusations, like, everyone was quick to jump to the defense of Gritty, but also people did their due diligence. And that's when all these facts started coming out that just don't add up in this dude's favor, like, at all. And you also think the Flyers, with how they are now, they're run by Comcast, who's a major organization. They own NBC. Literally, they own NBC. They own one of the biggest media outlets on the planet. Because... And the Flyers have done things recently by Comcast book that have been questionable with some of their current fan base, i.e. the Kate Smith statue. But they're being on the right side of history. So one would think that if Gritty did these things that he was accused of doing and the Flyers found it to be true, they would have, one, released a statement and, two, gotten rid of Gritty. Gritty wouldn't have been at the game last night. He wouldn't have been there. He wouldn't have been there since the event. And probably, I hate to burst your roll, Matt, but Gritty's not real. It's what? an intern. I'm oh sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I gotta go. I'm sorry. Uh, I know. I it's, this go. is like Ray telling you that Santa <laughs> Claus isn't real either. But then the intern who was in the Gritty costume probably would be facing criminal charges. So it's it's utterly ridiculous. It's preposterous. I think it's dumb. Um, I'm not a big fan of the choir already. They employ another. They employ a couple questionable Flyers beat writers. Sam Turkey. Oh, excuse me, I coughed a little bit there. 
Um, I I it's one of those things where in today's day and age, you have to report on it as silly as it may seem where it's not really, I mean, they're just doing their jobs to some degree where this guy's like up in arms about it and I'm assuming he contacted the papers about it. Oh, I'm sure he did. And he Um, probably did it because he wasn't getting what he wanted. I mean, hey, credit to the credit to the guy who's the guy that wrote this article. Credit to uh, Christian Hetrick for writing this article because I don't know what he thinks about the whole thing, but I mean, this is getting him a ton of attention on his article. So kudos to him. It is. It really is. But I just hope. I mean, you really hope. I just it doesn't, hope Brady doesn't go to jail. I don't think he's going to. I man, I think everything is going to be fine. I think. I mean, he's above the law, so. Gritty is above the law. That picture did surface on Twitter again, too, from some fan taking that at a protest <laughs> or something. Um, I'm but, trying to find... I'm legit on my phone right now trying to find, like, a meme about, like, this whole situation, but I haven't found anything yet. I think DJ Reed Streets posted on his Instagram, like, a picture of Gritty with, like, with holding up, like, the sign you held when you take mug shots, and I'm pretty sure part of my friend here, but it says, fuck the kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 I've seen that. So, All right. I mean, people are making memes and jokes about it, and you would think, and like the way today's society is, it's it's very, you know, very PC central. You know, everyone's quick to like when accusations are made that are controversial. You know, people are quick to pick a side. Well, and it, hearing, it was it was funny too back. seeing it was funny too seeing like people replying to the the Inquirer's tweet that I retweeted earlier, and they were saying how like. The Philly fanatic has like, like bumped into them or like done like pushed them or something, and it's like they don't call the police about it. Like I don't know. I think the fanatic is also one of the most sued mascots in sports. He is, and you don't hear about it because yeah. half the half the cases in court get dismissed because judge goes, "It was a mascot." Are you kidding me? Get over yourself. You're pathetic. So. Yeah. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think anything's going to happen out of this. It it's it sucks for the Flyers and Comcast because we've been having such a good year, and now when there's no time for hockey, you get one pissed off dad um, who's upset that things aren't going this way. Who knows? Maybe he's unhappy with the team. Maybe he's unhappy with his ticket rep. So he's going to make up this fabrication and try and do it. And in the long run, if it turns out that he was a liar and lying, all it's doing is hurting him, and it's hurting his son. Because his name's now out there. Luckily, his son's name's not out there. No, his son's name is. The son. Oh, so not only have you put your name out there, <laughs> negative press, you put your son's name out there, negative press. People have now found your Facebook, which apparently is not private. People were able to pull photos that you posted on there that go and kind of go to show that you maybe not have would have felt this way. But now all of a sudden you are. So it's just, it's it's very fishy to me, Matt. It, it doesn't add up at all. I think it's bullshit. Um, well, I mean, the investigation is active and ongoing, so we'll have to keep our ear to the ground and see how it all unfolds from here. But uh, it's a top-notch story, to say the least. But well, also, not the least, the least. Also, Matt, knowing the way Comcast is, if we never heard about this ever again... I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. I don't Considering know. how big and powerful they are. 
like I think I mean it could just be one of those things where like you said this guy doesn't really have anything better to do than to try and get some attention by claiming that Gritty smacked his son but maybe I mean that's just how Gritty rolls I guess Gritty is what Gritty does man yeah and it, you have to think if Gritty if Gritty bruised your son on the back what did he do to deserve it maybe the kid was a little shit <laughs> We don't know. I Kids mean, they did, they did say that the, the son was repeatedly patting him on the head, so... But, I don't know. The whole, like I said, the whole thing Maybe doesn't really add up with... the kid was punching Gritty. With, yeah, exactly. Assault. You never but, know. Um, the whole thing where it's it's a legit photo event, so there's cameras everywhere, regardless of if they're on in the arena or not. People still have them in their hands in the there's form thousands of cell of phones. there. Yeah, and... With pl- knowing uh, the Flyers, plenty of event staff that would have prevented this from happening. Yeah, and seeing, again, the the whole running start and, like, le- like legit, like, s- smacking the kid in the back, I don't see how that doesn't immediately surface at the time rather than, like, now that it's, what, two months later? So, I don't know. It's just... It's crazy. It's it's a hollow story to me. It seems like it is, and um, you you really hope that the writer of the Enquirer who wrote it is an at least he's an established author, because if if it's a a a young writer who this is like his first article, and he he does kind of seem a little bit you know pushy on gritty there, if it comes out that all this is a lie and he backed it and published this, it's going to hurt his career, which sucks. Um, that's, so, today, that's today's journalist for you, I guess. Exactly. And you hope that in the day the right story comes to light. You really hope this didn't happen and this is just some asshole trying to get his five seconds of fame on the internet and at the expense of a beloved mascot and a team that he's unhappy with. But who knows? Um, but, Matt, I think we've we've probably addressed this topic long enough. Yeah, we don't just, want Grady to come after us. No, oh no. We, uh, we are currently on Grady's good side. Although Grady did blow me off. At the Flyers the team event on Sunday, I tried to get a picture with him while I was skating on the ice, and he literally gave me the peace sign and skated away from me. <laughs> but you don't I see you me whining to the Enquirer about it. I was like, you know what? He's here for the kids. And literally, I, t- I took a, a video of my, of my snap story. You know, he was holding hands with ki- two kids on each side of him skating on the ice. Does Probably that look like a guy? To smack them in the back too. I was gonna say, does that look like a guy who would do that? And he was taking kid. He was literally stopping, taking every kid who went up to him. He was stopping and taking a picture for. Yeah. So just all what we've seen through gritty so far this season doesn't add up. And the people who you know at games who used dump popcorn on or pie in the face, those are all interns. It's all facade. It's all a show. I'm not trying to be cynical, but those people are actors. And we're placed there. Gritty has never once actually dumped a bag of popcorn or popcorn or a glitter bomb on a Bruins or Penguins fan. Or That's throw a, on a cake in someone's face. Exactly, those are all Flyers communications interns who are doing that, that because it's their job, quote unquote. Yeah, I'll take I mean, hey, if it gets me a job with the Flyers, I'll take a cake to the face. I'll wear a Pittsburgh Penguins jersey and get glitter bombed if it gets me a job with the Flyers. Yeah, sign I'll do me it. up. Yeah, exactly. But I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to sum it all up, regardless of our jokes, uh, 
just thinking that this the story seems fishy doesn't add up to me personally but uh just hoping it doesn't get anyone in trouble but it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here yeah and hopefully everything comes to fruition and i think i think everything's gonna be a-okay but with that being said matt do you have anything else to add this evening before we wrap things up here um I do not. I'm I'm good to go. This was a good a good pod to get back into the mix on. It a, it, it, yes, indeed. Welcome, indeed. We're happy to have you back. Hope you had a good holiday break there, covering some big sporting events and not a big deal. Oh, yeah. um, so with that being said, uh, everyone, enjoy All-Star break. Um, Matt, I'll see you here Friday night for the All-Star festivities. Um, and with that, let's go Flyers and Hail Gritty.